Right eye dominant. 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 This is the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Toro Jr. And on today's episode, we will focus on the topic of envy and more specifically, creative envy. And so the reason why I wanted to have this discussion or focus on the idea of envy is because it's something that I actually personally struggle with, not only uh, with my creative photographic work that I do, but also in my professional life uh, working in the world of advertising. I have to say that creative envy seems like it's just this presence that a lot of people experience and they don't really admit to it or they don't really deal with it in constructive ways. I certainly found that through my own experience that I was having feelings of envy, things I really didn't like, the thoughts that I was having and and just reaction to things that I just didn't like that about myself. And so I went down a path of doing some research online about the idea of creative envy. And I found articles by someone who is actually today's guest on this episode. His name is Ward Andrews. What I really enjoyed about this conversation with Ward is that he actually had methods and ways of changing your perspective about these feelings of envy and shifting your perspective to not be mired down in this toxic negativity that envy usually produces. And so I'm excited to share this conversation with you now. Uh, So without further ado, here is my conversation with Ward Andrews, all about creative envy. So welcome to the Right Eye Dominant Podcast, Ward Andrews. Uh, I'd like you to maybe just give us a little bit of uh, intro uh, to tell the listeners who you are and um, how we ended up talking to each other today. Great. Uh, So I'm Ward Andrews. I'm the CEO of a user experience consulting firm called Draw Backwards. I also teach design entrepreneurship at Arizona State University. On the side, I have a couple of projects. One is design.org, which is a health and wellness site for creative professionals. And I dabble in music. Uh, The project is called Sensoria Project, and it's ambient electronic music. I've taught myself how to play the piano this year, which is fun. Nice. And I've bought a lot of gear, and now I'm figuring it out. So it's a fun hobby. It's funny. I, I'm guessing that was a COVID. Was that a sort of a dealing with COVID project for you? Yeah. A dog showed up at our house. We started renovating a house. Uh, I started doing some improv comedy oh, nice. on Zoom. Nice. <laughs> and I started electronic music. So there That's were quite a, a few things. Uh, all right, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down an, another rabbit hole, but I'm also 
I, I'm a, a dedicated improv performer myself. So, oh wow, we've got a lot in common. Yeah, oh. we do, man. This we is, may have an, a second episode. We may have a sequel <laughs> where we talk improv. So that's cool. All right, man. Well, we'll talk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna couch the improv talk because that'll, that's an hour right there. So, how'd you end up in the creative industry? Yeah, I really feel like it all sort of set up over my life. Like I didn't pursue it; it just occurred. Uh, the classes I was interested in high school ended up being photography, yearbook, uh, you know, orchestra, uh, played chess. I also did tennis and track, but there was just a lot of things around creating and sort of being outside of the typical STEM, you know, like math, science, um, English and writing. And so that's just where my passion was. And so when I finished high school, I looked at where I wanted to go and I didn't know. I just went to state school. So I went to the University of Arizona in Tucson and I still didn't know. And I tried political science and media arts, which was more film related. And then I ran into a friend. Uh, his name's Harry and he actually is from New Mexico. And uh, he was a graphic design student, graphic mm. design major at University of Arizona, which is a studio art degree. And then you have an emphasis in graphic design. So I did everything from sculpture to fibers to painting, a lot of art history. And uh, that was my undergraduate degree. So that that was that kind of, I'm going down this path, right? I decided I'm going down this path. And then coming out of that, uh, I worked for one of the first newspapers on the World Wide Web. So the Arizona Daily Star was one of the first five or 10 papers. And the reason was, is that the movie critic plugged the web server in the wall and published his movie reviews. And then he went down to University of Arizona, started grabbing computer science and art kids to help build something that had never been built before. So coming out of school, it's like, oh, do I go work for a Nike or a design firm? Mm -hmm. or, or do I do this new thing no one's ever done before? And that's kind of my mindset. So I went for it and it was one of the greatest things. So my graphic design paired with this new digital platform. So, and then ever since, uh, you know, I've been doing that. And really since the industry was created, this sort of digital web connected and then later phones and apps. So I worked for a few agencies and then I started my own firm almost 20 years ago. And so my firm's called Draw Backwards, and we do a lot of software user experience design consulting. I'll do some brand and marketing work as well. Okay, well, uh, we're not going to talk shop all day. I want to get to um, the the real topic of discussion. So first question for you on the topic of envy. I think that just as human beings, we're going to have a certain degree. We, we carry a certain degree of envy. And, and in some ways, it could be a, maybe a healthy thing because... It keeps you maybe motivated or engaged with your, your process. Maybe just talk to me what you see as, are, are there good forms of envy? I am not a proponent of envy as a creative fire, creative solution. I do understand and acknowledge that there can be that artist sort of that twinge or like you hear a, a song or you see a piece of graphic design or you see a, a certain photo and you're like, that is significantly better than something I've created. I admire that. And man, I quote unquote, wish I could do that. I think as artists, we all experience that. So I acknowledge it exists. That said, 
dwelling on it and allowing it to consume you or destroy your confidence or change your mindset is so detrimental. And I've seen so many talented designers and artists become consumed by this exact thing. And so I love that you're bringing it up as a podcast topic, because if we can address this and understand how to approach it as creatives, whether it's professional or amateur or just someone who wants to create, it's going to be a better life for you. So this is a really important topic. And the next place I would go is that this is all about mindset, right? So there's even a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. And if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. And she basically says there's a growth mindset and there's a fixed mindset. Growth mindset means there's possibility, there's abundance, we can find a way. Fixed mindset is I only have so much material, so many skills, I only have so much money. I only have so much of this. I only, I am in a box that has been created by my mind. That is a fixed mindset. And if you read that book, there are so many examples of how people really sort of short circuit their lives and limit themselves just by having that mindset. So first and foremost, get into a growth mindset and you'll start to dissolve a lot of the envy because you're coming from a place where you know, hey, I can improve. Hey, if I fail, I can learn. Hey, that amazing piece that my friend created or the student in my class created or my peer in the industry, I want to get curious about that. How did they create that? I want to talk to them about it. I want to connect with them. I want to learn about it. And maybe I can never do that exact thing, but it'll lead me to many other things I can do that are things I'm not doing now that'll make me better as an artist and even as a person. That description of the limited mindset, in some ways, like you can maybe apply that not internally, but externally. If you start to think about success or accolades or acquisition or, or whatever it is, there's just one mindset that I have to get whatever I can and protect it because there's only a limited amount right. of it to go around. Whereas in reality, they don't only grant success to 100 people and then close the door, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, that's not how the world works, right? in my right. opinion. I use the word in some of my notes, success, right? So envy in some ways, or like, and I acknowledge this in myself, and I have to check myself when I feel this way. Because someone else is successful doesn't mean that, you know, that's less of the success pie now, Right. For anyone else, certainly for me to have That's a right. piece of. The piece of pie, that mindset, that's definitely a fixed mindset. And it's saying that the pie is only so big. And so in life, it's looking at how do I make the pie itself bigger so that everyone can have a piece. You could have a bigger piece, you know, if there's a bigger pie. You know, I find that when I'm talking with my team or either my students or my team, they innately have certain skills. And I think what happens a lot of time, especially in arts and creativity, maybe someone grew up with some natural talents and then parents and friends encouraged it and they became really proficient as a writer, a, you know, an illustrator, a photographer, because they innately had some really good stuff. But then they got really comfortable with what came easy. And what I'm suggesting is we have to be as creatives comfortable being uncomfortable and pushing the limits into new forms of creativity and creation so that we can find other paths and not be fixed. There will always be a better photographer. There will always be a better film director, right? But Absolutely. how can we find our own voice, our own path 
and feel self-worth. I mean, if success is defined as I need to create a film that's exactly like Christopher Nolan's film, that is not going to happen. There's 7 billion people on the planet. And I don't think you got into creativity to be like somebody else. There, there are 7 billion perspectives hmm. and we have to acknowledge and appreciate that and find our own path. You know, throwing out the 7 billion people yeah. Uh, seven billion pers- uh, the perspectives, but I, I tend to lean into a, more of an existentialist kind of mentality. It's a really nice reminder when you realize that you're just one of those little specks. I find that humbling because, and 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 maybe sometimes people do need to be reminded of that. Most people are not even paying attention to what you're doing. Comparing yourself to the small handful of people who are sort of ordained as you know the best or the most successful. It's so futile when you like look at the, <laughs> the grand scope of the numbers. And so then why not do exactly what you want to do and be true to yourself, looking at other people and envying what they're doing or jealousy or whether you're just comparing yourself to others, which again is a natural thing. I, I like the fact that you said like you don't use that as the spark or fire for your creativity. Right. Um, so, which so can I make a point on that? Yeah. So there's external forces and internal forces. And essentially what you're doing with envy is you're giving up your own internal life force. And you're saying stuff outside of my control and environment is telling me how good I am or not. Like, no, stop that right now. I mean, if that is the one thing you learn from this podcast, it's that it's from the inside. The only way out is in. You have to understand you have a point of view and share it. I I tell my students this. Do you want to have a portfolio that looks like everybody else's? Or are you going to take a point of view and do your own projects about what you're passionate about and put it out there? That portfolio stands out. And then for me, one of my personal objectives is to share my energy and creativity with others. So I create design.org. It doesn't make any money, but it does put my ideas out there. And now we're having this conversation on your podcast. If I hadn't put that idea out there, we wouldn't be creating anything today, but it comes from within us. And if we're going to rely on envy, then we're giving up all of our agency, our self-worth, I'm kind of getting excited, Nick, because... No, that's great. I love it. I love the passion. I love the passion. Not helping us. To your point, I've read something. I I don't, we don't know each other. I read something you posted in the same spirit that you just described, right? Like, I'm just going to put, and and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to reach out to this guy. We're on the same sort of, in the same mindset. Let's have a conversation about it. And here we are, you know, I think that is just a nice example whether it's envy or other things that you can convince yourself not to do something or not to try something or think that, well, people won't like it or it's not going to be very good or I won't have 10,000 listeners. It's like life's too short, you know, <laughs> it's too short to get to, 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 to have those things be in the way. Yeah, I love it. I love what you're doing. And I try to express that there's success or learning. There's not success or failure. Like if you have a podcast and you're able to have conversations like this, you're able to learn how to produce a show. You're, you're learning all these things, all these skills. 
right? That this is all a win for you, mm-hmm. regardless of quote unquote listener accounts or like or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you're creating conversation, you're putting something out in the universe and you're getting things back and you're creating, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like our conversation here, right? I know at some point I'm going to run into somebody from New Mexico. I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to talk like all sorts of amazing things are going to be created as possibilities because you're dropping a pebble in the <laughs> water and it's rippling out. Like that's creation. Let's do this. <laughs> right. Yeah, awesome. So, so one thing I wanted to share is yes. that especially for creative professionals, the self-talk can be really damaging and it, it's around envy, but it tends to get pervasive. It's like, Oh, well I designed this, but the programmers didn't build it right. Or I designed this and people didn't understand it. Or uh, I don't know why they would ever use that. Cut. Like it's just this general negative. It's not being curious. It's being critical. And so when I'm acting as a professor at Arizona state, or where I'm acting as an agency director at my firm, when we have critique, it's more about how can I be curious and understand the decisions that were made so that we can all learn. It's not, you suck, this is bad, this is really poor. That doesn't mean to say that someone might not put up something with poor craftsmanship, but then there's two ways to deal with that. Are you going to say, oh, that really sucks. I can't believe that you can't turn that, or I can't believe you'd use that typeface. Where you could say, can you tell me why you chose to use that typeface and space it like that? Mm. Because then everyone's learning, everyone's growing, and we all get better. I had one other idea on dissolving envy, like a different way to think, and that's to replace envy with gratitude, right? So like I've worked with other designers. I worked at a firm where I was just one of the designers in the team, and there were many designers who were simply better at typography or they were simply better at layout. Uh, And I was just grateful to work with them. Like Mm. instead of being envious, I would just go over and I'd say, Gigi, how did you do that? Or can you talk to me about why you spaced it like that? Or could you show me, like, could you show me how you would approach the thing I'm working on? And she would show me. And by learning by watching and learning by doing, I became better at typography. I will never be as strong in typography as Gigi, but that's okay. Like she's my buddy, my friend, and I would just show her what I'm doing and and she would gladly give me advice just the same way that my strengths she would ask me about. And she does. And that's making, that's lifting us both. Right. So if I had the other mindset, oh, I can't, oh, she's so good. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh. And then like trying to find a way to tear someone down because I'm so envious. Mm-hmm. Like just have great gratitude that I am surrounded by greatness and, and I'm going to improve with that. I love that. And thank you for touching on gratitude because it was definitely <laughs> on my list there. And we, uh, what I like about what you said or what it makes me think about is that as the recipient, you are grateful. It's the same, per- it's the same person that could easily be a source of envy for you. Right. Exactly. Right? But it's the it's a shift in your mentality. Yes. And being okay, here's an opportunity that I can have to interact with somebody and learn from them. And and I'm grateful for that instead of just being bogged down in the dirty shitty feeling of of envy, right? 
The other thing that I find interesting about that, and maybe this goes back to what you were saying a little earlier about this, like just having this conversation, is that it it's the two-way street. I'm giving you something, but I'm actually giving you the gift of of sharing back with me, yeah. right? Yeah. So that whole idea of I'm grateful for what this person can share, but that person is also now has the opportunity to be generous. Yes. Tell me about, and like I said earlier, we're around the same generation. I am a little older than you. We were around when the transition to the internet, of course, and, and online life and creativity starts to mix. But then the social media platforms that exploded, obviously now is affecting people's mental health. Yes, it uh, is. They're, they're psyches. And obviously, as creative people, and I will use Instagram as an example. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I was on Facebook and got off of it just because I couldn't. It just turned into a, 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 a cesspool for me. And, and <laughs> But Instagram, because I'm a photographer and it's image-based, it's a lot harder to break that sort of, you know, connection with it. But social media just feels like that's like still it's a place where your buttons can get pushed. So can you talk ha. to me a little bit about sure. your, 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 your thoughts on social media? I like the, I like your pun there. Yeah. On the buttons being pushed in social. So here's, what's funny. I actually totally embrace it. When I see something amazing, I collect it. Mm. So the way I use Instagram is I'm a heavy user of the little bookmark icon. Interesting. And if you press and hold the bookmark, you can sort that into folders. So I have all these folders of like travel, cooking, music, inspiration, design, business. And anytime I see anything cool, I do the opposite of feel like crap. I go, that's amazing. I want to collect that. Mm. But I really use it as embrace it as like, I'm curious, I'm collecting that. That's amazing. I'm following that. Now, the flip side and something to think about is if something's no longer serving you, you don't have to keep following it. So if you are having feelings of envy, guilt, whatever it might be, like just stop. Just stop. You, you don't have to follow it. So what I found is every three to six months, I'll just say, okay, today, any post I see if it isn't like lifting me or moving me forward, I'm unfollowing. And so I'll go through these like waves where it's like, oh, we just dropped 300 accounts. Oh, we dropped 200 accounts. Right? Right. Because it's no longer serving me. So, and we get to choose. But sometimes I think we forget because it's just scroll. It's like, I think we're calling it doom scrolling now. That's the yeah. term I've heard. Uh -huh. Just scrolling all night. Well, if you catch yourself doing that, that's a problem. So I said on Instagram, I said an hour for the day warning. So if I've been on Instagram for an hour in, in the course of a day, it just props up a prompt. So at least makes me aware like, oh, wow, that's probably more than enough for today. So I, it's just finding little ways to control it and make it serve me. The tool needs to serve me. I should not be serving the tool. Yes. All right. So I just learned a few new tricks for my own uh, cool. <laughs> management of, of my Instagram usage. That's actually a really great, almost like a digital 
version of an inspiration book. Doing that on Instagram in the way that you described, um, I think is a really, that's a really smart and, and good pivot as opposed to the doom scrolling, which. Right. Like mm. if I'm listening to music and I'm really like, like feeling that song, I always hit share and I just share it. And you know what? If people don't want to follow me or they want to mute my story, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not trying to get followers. I'm just sharing things I like. So I subscribe to a lot of fine art accounts mm-hmm. where they just post all the best pieces from museums around the world. Mm-hmm. And if I see a piece of art, that's amazing. I just share it in my story. So if you were to follow me for a week, you'd be exposed to, I don't know, 10 or 15 pieces of art you've probably not seen before. Mm-hmm. And it's just me sharing what I like. It's the opposite of envy. It's like I'm magnifying things that I can't do that I'm still touched by as an artist. Right. Goes back to what I was saying before, you're being generous. Yes. And, and, and it, may be, it may be a simple act on your part. It doesn't take a, that much effort to, hey, I like this thing and I want other people to know about it. And the technology allows that sharing to be yeah. pretty damn quick and pretty damn easy. But it's still an act of generosity and it's an act of sharing as opposed to being, well, I just discovered this thing and I don't want anyone else to know about it. I'm going to be territorial or, or protective or, 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 and that's even, that's probably not the worst, but even then going to be like, Oh, this person made this work of art that's hanging in the Guggenheim and I can't even get, you know, somebody to look at my website, you know, like that, toxic reaction yeah. you're basically just you're what you're doing undermines that completely because it's yeah. just like you may share something that is in the Guggenheim you might share something of one of your students shared with I've you. done that yeah right there, I, I'm no respecter of persons or position it's just if it moves me I share it right so here here's something interesting so I do travel a lot I probably travel more than most people And I have had the opportunity to travel to some amazing places. So my Instagram feed is heavy on where I'm traveling and what I'm doing. And what I've noticed is on occasion, some people will make some kind of funny comment like, oh, Ward's traveling again. But I've also seen comments where it's like, thank you so much for sharing your trip with me. I was really cool to be able to experience that. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was the right mindset because I'm not posting it to be like, look at me. I'm so cool. You don't have to follow me. I don't care. I'm right. just put for me. It's like my journal. It's, it's like a public scrapbook of things I've done. I can scroll back through and share with my friends. Right. But people who are just having that growth mindset, they're like, wow, tell me about that trip. Like, is it worth it? What mm-hmm. was the best thing you did? Right. So, and that's what I want. I want to attract those kinds of conversations. Right. And, and like you said, there could be very easily, and there probably are people who are going to see the same exact post that someone thanked you for and be like, oh, look, this guy, he's traveling again, you know, like, wish yeah. I could do that or whatever. You know what? <laughs> if you worried about those, if, if that's what you really worried about, you wouldn't be doing it at, or, or you have to be able to just say, I can't let that affect me. But right? I will tell you from years of experience and working with thousands of students, hundreds of designers, those that can put their envy in check and be curious and grateful and generous are going to be successful. They're going to learn and they're going to have a much better life. And it's their choice. 
You do not have to do that. Some people build their whole identity around, I'm kind of sad and I can't do that. And I can never leave this situation. And I have to have a lot of luck. Well, the funny thing about luck is it's just like opportunity and preparation combining, right? Like I've prepared to do things and opportunity occurs, boom, right? Like a client came to us this week at Draw Backwards. They're like, we may have four new projects for you and it's going to be this kind of work. And it, I didn't take that as we can't do it or I don't know. I took that as absolutely, let's get started. It's a good thing. I've been building my team for opportunities like this. So it's all mindset. It's great, man. It's great. You're absolutely right. Um, do you want to just maybe wrap things up or you have anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't really touched on yet? Uh, I would just share that if people are interested in these ideas and concepts uh, at design.org, we have a blog where I've written, I don't know, hundreds of articles around these various topics. Uh, or if someone wants to just follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's just at Ward Andrews. I love having conversations. I mean, Nick, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I know we're going to have another one. And I just love to connect with creative people that are doing cool stuff. Love it. Well, I let's wrap up right there. Um, I think you touched on everything. You even got your social shout outs to your socials and how people can, can uh, follow you and reach you. And I will actually include uh, links in my show notes for everybody to, to, to get to where, find you how I found you. So, um, Ward, thank you so much. Um, This has been a great conversation. I appreciated the chance to connect with you. Awesome. All right. So there you go. There's my conversation with Ward Andrews about envy in creativity, but about a lot of other things. And I want to really thank Ward again for joining me Uh, Like we discussed, um, we had not talked before. I just kind of reached out to him via the internet. And I guess that's just a good example of sort of getting over yourself and your fears and your uh, resistance to trying new things. And this turned out to be what I thought was a really great conversation. And I hope you enjoyed it, too. So uh, that's it for this week. Um, Again, as I always say, if you can leave me a review or give me some stars on the Apple podcast platform or wherever you're listening to this podcast, that'd be really sweet. And I'd appreciate that. I appreciate everybody who's been listening and sharing their comments. Uh, I take it all into account and hopefully make this a better experience for all of my listeners. Lastly, of course, I do have some t-shirts available on rightidominantpodcast.com. If you scroll down, you'll, you'll find those. And that's a nice way to show the world that you are a discerning podcast listener. So that is it. I will share lots of links from uh, Ward's uh, references that he made in the, the interview. So you can check all that out and his socials as well. And until next time, this has been the Right High Dominant Podcast. I have been your host, Nick Toro Jr. Until next time, stay well. Today's episode has been a production of RightEyeDominant.art. The music for today's episode is courtesy of the Conic Project 
and Yazar. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero, 